What's up, people? This is episode 69 of the Option Podcast, and the have Angel Dache, and the episode starts right now. Welcome, people. This is episode 69. I am Jason DeBillius. This is the Option Podcast. You people ask and I deliver because I've got to give the people, give the people what they want. Angel Dache, what's good, baby? What's up? What's up? How you doing? <laughs> so listen, before we got on the podcast, we were talking about how the sport keeps uh, keeps us mad young, right? <laughs> like That's you, right. you have That's to be right. close to thirty right now. I am thirty. Oh, you are 30. Cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, the cool thing is everybody gets all sad when they think about that 30 birthday. Oh, I'm getting old or this or that. But not us, man. <laughs> it's like. No, man. I am happy to be 30. Yeah. So happy. You still yeah. getting checked for ID, though. <laughs> That's right. I don't know, Going man. to I the bar. Know. I got like, some hairs growing in the wrong spot. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> No, nah, I feel you. I share your sentiment. I'm, I'm, um, I'm 50, so you know. And again, we look mad. Young. Yeah, you're looking great, yeah. though. That's. Yeah. Oh, I think Man, the only way- <laughs> 50. I, I want to be 50 and still look like you. Yep. No hair in the face. None of that. Honestly, when I was 30, I saw a guy who was 50. His name was Rafael. Um, I think Dolvich. He's from Puerto Rico. He's a Rafu's mm-hmm. one of Rafu's boys. Old school guy. Body of yeah. an 18-year-old. He's like 50 years old, just playing, still playing volleyball. And I'm like, wait a second. He's 50? He was 50? At the time I was 30, he was oh, 50. He has yeah. to be like 60-something now. And um, and I saw yeah. him, and um, he was coaching um, some Puerto Rican juniors, two boys, like 16s, uh, for, um, yeah. I think it was AVP first or, or um, what the hell's out there, um, AAUs. Uh, um, right. and And I was like, don't tell me. Nah. I'm like, okay, that's him, but. That can't be him because he he has to be older now. <laughs> I haven't seen the yeah. dude in 15 years, right? So I'm like, uh-huh. well, it looks like him, but that's not him because the guy I knew, he looked like that 15 years ago. So, but hey, big up to us because that's what the sport does for us. And and yeah, yeah. Man. Oh, glad, don't, listen, the only person to be able to play. The only person to turn old was Oz, man. Oz, I think the sport yeah. made him an old man. <laughs> I think Oz looks the same since I first met him in 2007. Mm-hmm. He always looks old. So you're um you're from Havana, Cuba, right? Um, That's right. Born and raised. Where's Oz from? I, I'm, I'm in He's from to... uh, Camagüey, I believe. Okay. He's uh, a little more um, west mm-hmm. of Cuba. So like, uh, yeah. So Cuba goes like that. So he's more like towards the end of uh, of the island. Yeah. Cool, man. Um. I'm gonna ask you something, but I want I want to set where I want to set up the question. Oz, um, growing up, and I'm and I'm I'm bringing this full circle, so bear with me. Oz, growing up, say said that if you can't pass the ball, you can't take care of first hit. Like growing up, you 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 weren't allowed to take the court. I have my boy uh, Eugene Escoboza. They call him Flaco. Play for Bameso. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's like six four, whatever, and he's like nope. Couldn't take, you know, bump the ball against the wall a hundred times. If you couldn't bump or you couldn't take care of first hit, you weren't allowed to take the court. Where, like, other regions, they see, like, a tall kid and they put him in put him in the middle, they put him here or whatever, and this and that. So my question to you is, how 
much does that apply to you when you were growing up playing? Man, honestly, he, he applies a lot. Like, that was the first thing uh, I did growing up when uh, I was introduced to volleyball. I mean, uh, we didn't have a court. So basically, our coach will make us uh, just go around the lab, just bump passing the ball, you yep. know, as much as I can. Um, and, you know, after that, it was all like ball to a wall, you know, just repetition uh, passing to a wall and then like man to man. But it took a whole year, a whole like entire volleyball year for me to develop a pass obviously the way this uh the school the volleyball school works in cuba is that you got time so the very first year is all uh to develop the athlete right so basically if by the end of the year you don't know how to still bump set a bump or like set the ball you get cut yeah and okay. that's it. It's like that was the end of your career. You know, <laughs> just one year and you're done. Yeah. It's like, damn, I just started, man. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, right? Give me so time. <laughs> no, but again, man, you know, you, like uh, we put so much time into it that you learn. You know, mm-hmm. everybody did. I, 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 I went with a group of uh, eleven kids, and eleven made it out. You know, yeah. everybody, you know, the coaching is great and um, and you should learn if you're willing to. Yeah, I think, honestly, that's what separates a lot of coaches. Like, there are some coaches that, that are like, um, they like game-based drills instead of drill-based drills. And mm-hmm. for me, I've been doing this coaching for 21 years, actually 22 now, and I'm playing for like 30, 31. But, um... To me, I don't think either one survives on its own. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? No, I think it's, it's like capitalism and socialism, right? right? Like I, I've never right. seen a country thrive just on one alone. Sooner or later, something, you know, the wheels are going to come off. And I think that's a mistake that's right. when people, people make that argument, you know, because I grew up the way I played. And, you know, New York is a big immigration population. So mm-hmm. I learned... I learned most of my game from from the Dominicans, from the guys uptown that live in Washington Heights. Yeah. I'm, I'm from Brooklyn, but if you wanted to play and you wanted to get better, um, you had to go to um, 145th. That's what we call it in Harlem. And mm. it's fours. Nice. Fours. Um, Monday and Wednesday, and it was free, 7 o'clock at night. And you got tall dudes that can't even take the court because they couldn't take care of first hit. Every, I mean, and that's right. not even, I don't even think everybody there spoke English, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I don't know if you hear, I mean, I know you speak Spanish, but Man. I, but I, I don't know if yeah. you ever heard a Domin- try to understand a Dominican uptown I like, have. speaking Spanish. I have, yeah, they, they kind of hard to understand, <laughs> yeah. They, they speak very fast. Yes, I, well, for the people listening to the podcast, for the audio and watching the video version of this, I'm going to say it like this. Dominicans speaking Spanish uptown. If the if it, if the word don't start with the letter S, they don't need it. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they need, don't it. need it. Yeah, it's not como right. esta. It's como esta. <laughs> it's not me gusto paila. It's me gusto paila. It's not pescado. It's uh-huh. pe- pecado. <laughs> so and I'm like, so th- what that does is that allows you to talk faster. And so now you're talking faster, and now you're taking letters out your words. And I'm just like, dude, okay, mm-hmm. um, just this. 
uh, yeah. that. <laughs> well, <laughs> volleyball is our language itself. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you cannot speak one language and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, get put in a court, like, full of foreigners and you still can communicate volleyball that's yeah. that's the beauty of the sport right yeah, like i mean uh when i was in europe i mean a lot of the guys didn't speak english or spanish for that matter and somehow which is vibe we communicated you know some you know we knew what to do yeah it's like sign language whatever it is Something. you know we made it happen Listen, there's nothing in the world when you play with a team, right? And New York is very unique because I could go to Brighton Beach and everyone speaks Russian and no one right. speaks English. I could go to um, Chinatown, right? And they speak English, but they all, they all, them Chinese people, they all with each other. They ain't going to speak English. Right. No, you know, so, so, but there's nothing in the world like, for example, like you playing overseas, right? You get a mm-hmm. block. And then you turn around, your team looks at you. And that look that you guys give each other is a whole paragraph. <laughs> it's, um, it's a whole sentence. Yeah, you're right about that. My um, acting great. professor uh, once said an ounce of behavior is worth a, um, a pound of words. An ounce of behavior is worth a pound of words. <laughs> so, yeah. I was, so, so that's it right there. So hey, just yeah. think about this. When you did something wrong in your house and uh you know your mom only have to give you this one look oh my god and with god. that one look you knew you were yes for life yes for life did you get yeah, you know like all right. <laughs> angel did you get whooped out of trouble oh yeah oh, man. <laughs> man i tell you what dude i, I got bruises i <laughs> they 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 what they did to me shouldn't even be fair <laughs> But I deserved it all. Yeah, I deserved it all. Look, to me, I, I, growing up, I always thought the punishment should fit the crime. My mother, yeah. wh- my, listen, my mom whooped me like I owed her money. You know, yeah, like, no, pic- I, like I, picture I, the mob. I, I, They're like, are you going to pay? Yeah. It's like, ah, I'm going to pay. I'm going to pay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, she used to go tough. outside. She used to make me go outside and find a branch. The, and um, yeah. in Brooklyn, I grew up in Brooklyn. We call it a switch, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of West Indians call it that too, the switch. Go get the switch, and I'm like, damn, I gotta go pick my murder weapon, dude. So, but that's hey, tough. look, the angel, you came out all right, you know. And yeah, I, I, that's what I'm you know, saying. I loved it, man. You know, and I tell and, and I, I tell I my wish friends, more people got it too. I tell my friends who have kids too, just beat his ass, dude. And they're just like, Jason, yeah. Jason, you can't say that. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. yes, I can. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a different day and age. Huh? Yeah. Well, I got a four-year-old, so I, I already told myself I ain't touching that girl. I might tap her hiney like once or yeah. twice, you know, but for her, as long as she believes I'm going to do that, that's good enough. Right, even, that's that's that, what matters. That's yes. what I'm saying. That, look. that initial look, mm-hmm. yeah, that initial look mm-hmm. is like uh, I know my soul is gonna go away from my body. You know, like at some point, <laughs> she, she, yeah, she will look at me like it, it's that one unique look. That's like, oh man, I'm so in trouble. Um, before I ask my next question, um, when did you come to the United States? I came well, I, how, in wait, 2007. How no, but how old? 
I was 17 years 17 old. 17 years old. So I'm, I'm yeah. going to go back to Cuba then. Uh, the mm -hmm. whole volleyball process, were you um, were you doing volleyball in junior high school and high school? Or how does the, the, the school system yeah, work? So Walk, talk I, me through I it. Do, I, I started volleyball when I was 10 years old. In, I believe that was 2000. And uh, so the way it works is say we go to a school that specializes for sports. They they pick you based on your height, uh, weight. You know maybe your mom and dad had something to do with the sports, and uh, and so you go. You know you board in this school. You go Monday to Friday at the school, and then Sundays you go back home. Then do the same thing then the following week and that sometimes you don't even go home for like three weeks um so basically all i did was play volleyball and you know just take care of the academics cool. um but for five years that goes uh i believe we have a different school system in cuba than we have in the u.s yeah. but, but once i got here to the states I was supposed to be a senior in high school, but because of the language, I was moved back one year. So I started as a junior in high school and did the senior year as well. Oh, okay. So, but mm -hmm. there's, is there a junior high school and a high school in Cuba, or you were just put through like multiple years with the same, the same um, sports academy? Yeah, the same sports academy. Yep. Oh, cool. Man. Um, after, after, after you like uh, finish the, you know, the sports academy, you just go to like uh, um, a career specialist uh, school, which uh, you know, if you chose, um, let's say, um, like any type of like uh, coaching or teaching, you just go to another school. Okay, and maybe they have volleyball. Mm -hmm. team maybe they don't if you were really good then you just um do your specialization in the high performance school which right. is called like cerro pelado that's like where the national team is right i um it's pretty much another border school yeah i grew up watching the national team um i first got in the volleyball it was a 88 team and then I was overseas. I was in Germany when um, the 92 Olympics was happening. I got I went there and I got to watch USA play Japan. But the two teams I really wanted to watch was Brazil at the time. Um, Marcel, they had Mar this guy, Marcelo Negrado, is a pretty good player. And Cuba, Joel de España, or yep. as the Americans will call him Joel de Spain, but I think I'm saying it right. Joel de España, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So that was that's one of right. my favorite male players back then, growing up. They call him, they call him the devil. Yeah. Yo, the dude's got yeah. a lot of fire, yeah. man. He's got a lot yeah, of fire. Dude. And I want to talk, we're going to talk about him in a minute because I think it, I want, because it's going to apply to your game. Again, I'm going to bring everything back full circle. Mm -hmm. But yeah. your, and my favorite female player was um, Marela Luis. And I, um, yeah, they, I, I, they married, right? They got married? Yeah. So, so my favorite male and female player from Cuba both got married. Now, for the people listening at home, Marela Luis was five six, but could dunk a basketball. She was the youngest of eleven children, and I guess when you do, you, you know you got to compete. <laughs> you know you got to um, yeah. get tough or die when you're in a household like that. So, and Yoel Despaña right. um, 
Cuba battled the U.S. men's team um, in 92 for the bronze. USA won that in four sets. And the Cuba women's team won gold in 92, gold in 96, and gold in 2000. They're the only three-peat champion for indoor volleyball men's or women's. Best team in the history of volleyball. In the history of the sport. I think men's or women. Men or women. Mm -hmm. They were the only team I knew that ran a 6-3. Yeah. Now, they, I, no one even knows what the hell a 6-3 is. Now, and for those listening, look it up. It's there. Google search it. It exists. Sorry, go ahead. And, uh, you know, big, uh, big shoot out to their coach. Uh, he's actually the only um, coach that is inserted into the Hall of Fame in the United States. Good. From another country. Good. <laughs> yeah. In the, of the sport. So he, he, was, he was the greatest coach to mm-hmm. ever coach the game, at least for Cuba. And, at, I mean, who, and I got who the better? chance to meet him. Who better? You uh, did meet him? Yeah, I got the chance to meet him, and man, great guy. Yep. Yeah, I, I have like a top five indoor coaches, but I've only limited them, limited them to the United States because I never really had a chance to talk to um, international, too many international coaches. Uh, one is my mentor. His name is Mario Trebich. Um he was with the Netherlands in 92. They, they won the silver, lost to Brazil, and then eventually won the gold, uh, um, uh, beat the Italians, I believe, in five sets. So um, he was someone that lived in New York for a while, and you might have known him because you might have seen him referee. He's this old Russian guy, cold blue eyes, blind as a fucking bat. Can't really, I mean, he, he's just making all these ridiculous calls, and all of the kids are like, oh, my God, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm like, guys, watch yourself. <laughs> He's been coaching long. Yeah. He's been doing this longer than you've lived. Never mind, play. So, yeah. um, but he 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 just liked to move around. I mean, he lived in New York, but he liked to he liked to referee. It was one of these things because it was a social a socializing thing for him mm-hmm. with Bruce. Bruce is one one of the East Coast referees that some people people know, and we could just name refs off. Um, and yeah, he was my mentor. He was the guy that, that kind of helped me conquer psychological demons between my ears. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, yes. you always gotta have that one person. So I guess my question is before I forget, and because we, I'm talking your poor ear off. I'm, I mean, I gotta let you talk no, too. No. Um, I guess my question was, Yoel Despaña was one of those rare players that could stay, start emotionally high, and stay there. Because our coaches teach us. You know, you want to stay, you want to go high, but not too high because for every high, there's gonna be a low. Yeah, there's always so, a low. So for every five points you're gonna score in the high, you're probably gonna give up nine on the low. So don't be too high. Mm-hmm. How do you, um, how do you navigate that as a as a as a as a beach player and as an indoor player? How 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 do you keep your emotions in check? Because you're like, and no Cuban I've ever I've ever met. <laughs> you know, well, you're, well, you're considered you know, quiet for a Cuban. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, um, that's a great question because uh, I remember I remember you podcast with uh, Bruno and he mentioned that I was the, you know, the calmest guy you ever met. And uh, and us actually made a comment saying that, you know, that that, that is now no one that he met before. But uh, honestly, man, I, I've always been really fiery, especially at the beginning of my career as a volleyball player. Like, uh, I was the one screaming. I was the one, you know, like uh, getting involved with the other team. I've always been that 
player. It's just that nowadays I realize, you know, like that you're right. You know, I mean, how, 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 how can I keep that level of intensity? Um, you know, like if I'm, if I'm always screaming, if I'm always flexing after a point, you know, like I realize, man, I'm getting tired of doing this, you know, like I'm getting tired from it. So now I just, uh, I do the same thing, but it's so internally, right? So, um, man, there's so much that we can do with our minds. Like I can celebrate a point without showing you physically that I am celebrating. So pretty much I get the kill and I tell myself, this is like, that was a, that was a good, that was a good hit. You know, I'm pumped, you know, in my mind, uh, without like trying, without like getting my body too exhausted. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do, I do see, I go back to watching my, um, college matches and, high school matches and man i was so fiery i was so fiery but you know i mean i'm i'm not 17 18 20 years old anymore no i am actually like i i do get exhausted when i play matches especially like a whole day tournament actually i'm gonna show a highlight this is you uh, some of your highlights in college that's you on the swing block Pretty cool yeah. stuff. This is your outside. Go ball fell inside, but who cares? <laughs> right? yeah. Who cares? This is against Ohio State, right? Yeah, that is against Ohio State. Dude, just, yeah. dude, just throw it up. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Long time. But sorry, I didn't. Uh, uh, I wanted. I wanted to make sure you were finished because <laughs> I don't. I ain't yeah, trying to no, cut no, off your no, sentence. I was, yeah. No, but um, this. The reason why I asked is uh, for two reasons. Because I was always an emotional player. I'm a kid from Brooklyn, so I brought a certain swagger uh, to indoor volleyball, especially overseas and this and that, that people found uncomfortable. You know, I mean, because because it's mm-hmm. it's a hip hop life, you know, or dance hall reggae life. So it's a different kind of um, um, culture. But I got two things from this. One, there's very few people that can start high, like I said before, that can start high and say high. And that's why I brought up Yoel de España. He did it. He was able to do it like that, like that level of sustainability. Those guys are unicorns, right? And if you yeah, see one, um, you, need, you need to bring yeah, him to the lab, right? Get Kevin Knight, uh, <laughs> you know, Kevin Knight to examine him and, you know, and, and understand this unicorn, right? Um, I'll give you another example, and I say it all the time on my podcast, Fallon Fanoi Moana. She's another yeah. one oh, yeah. that starts high and stays high. So two things uh, are wrong with everyone doing this. Like we said, big waves crash. What, the higher the wave, the harder the crash. So you have to mediate mm-hmm. it. The second thing I got from it is you have to have a partner that has your back. Right. You have to have, and I'm not talking about injury moments. We're talking about beach. You have to have a partner that has your back. If you're mm-hmm. firing this, and sometimes you're chatty and maybe you get chatty across the net, if the next play, your partner gets aced, <laughs> it's right. kind of um, your um, fault, you know? And right. I mean, I want to blame my partner because he's not strong enough. I'm like, dude, if I talk, mm-hmm. Ash, back me up. But um, yeah. but really, at the end of the day, looking back maturely, looking back retrospectively, mm-hmm. 
that you got ace because that, that that was on me <laughs> yeah. you know because well, i didn't know my partner you know well i believe it's like uh you know it's like the, the yin and the yang you know like sometimes so depending on who i play i chose to be that type of person mm -hmm. uh when i play with cam he's the fieriest guy i ever played with Who's this? This guy when when I first played with him, he he was so about that hype. Who's this again? Always. Who is this? Cameron Dean. Oh yeah. Oh. When oh. I play with him. Oh God. Yeah. Love that guy. Like this guy. This guy. He's super fiery, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. So I had to be the one to calm him down whenever he, he needs to be calmed down. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be there for him. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, if I'm playing with Jeff, I feel between, even though I know Jeff has the fire, but he's also realized that all that fire, you know, got to be a little balanced. Um, I, I say I bring the fire on Jeff. You know, I am that like constant, um, you know, let's, let's, let's kill. Let's not, let's not chill. It's not, you know, we are not trying to be, nice here no let's let's go for blood yeah and i'll be that person you mm -hmm. know he he be the one calming me down um you know and and same with bruno bruno is a really fiery man and like i i i did a great job i thought you know i i, I did a good job at you know staying like composed during plays and arguments and things like that you know i can be both i know i could um it's just that i i need to know when to bring it right like you say i mean i might be like super super fiery and then the next thing i get ace where the fire go yes you know what happens after it, that exactly exactly no so I, I i know i pick and choose when to be fiery as well so yeah Here's actually here's a ace. Let's let me um let me play let me show you a ace. This is actually from a couple of days ago. You playing um Marciniak and Rafu. <laughs> right. Here it is. Nice toss. Boom, down the middle. That was awesome. That was awesome. I'm gonna be showing yeah. highlights this whole time. For the people on the audio, I apologize, but sometimes <laughs> we gotta show a play or two. But I yeah. the, the thing I liked about it, it was balanced calm you probably could have done the same thing you also know when to break it out okay let's um by the way talk about culture that was a polish guy a puerto a, a puerto rican a guy from yeah. flint michigan and a cubano come on come right. on this is volleyball there's a baby. lot of culture in that yeah there's a lot of was that the, in that court. was that the semis or the finals that was the semi. Okay, because Rafu needed to text me back. I text him. I asked him that, and I don't think he answered me yeah. back. I, I'm like, Rafu, stop acting like we slept together and call me back, dude. Right. <laughs> you know? Rafu was no, one of the guys that helped. dad to beat. Yeah, Rafu was one of the guys that helped put me on, too, for AVP. Yeah. You know, because I, nice. I was trying to coach, so he allowed me to be, like, his analytics coach, do numbers, stats, like, pull charts and this, and it just allowed me to familiarize myself with the whole scene. Um, as an indoor player like you, you know, I was um, – mm -hmm trying to transition as a coach and a, a commentating was easy for me because I, I got the gift right. of gab but and i definitely got to come down to carolina and florida and call one of your games man, it's, man. It, 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 yo it's i think ahead. i think you, we all rise we all rise to together stay. right <laughs> right but um 
Let's talk to me about Jeff and and the chemistry and the and what you have. Is your partnership? This is a tough question. Your partnership. Is there one person that's more controlling than the other? Because um, I think uh, here's the thing. I think you can take control if you need to, but I also think you're very good at giving up control if someone like has a game plan or whatever and this and that. In my experience, there's no partnership that's completely fifty fifty. So is he? The, uh, are you the one? Is he the one steering the ship a little bit more? Or is it you? Um, honestly, it's. I think it's like both. Um, I think we both have a good control management of the match. So, um, obviously, what he can do blocking um, at his size is yeah. unseen. Like, yep. You know, I mean, he can just block the whole court. Mm. Um, and every other skills, like, he's just gifted. He's just a gifted athlete. Um, I, I, I believe that we um you know it, there is not always one person controlling the match right and that never happens and usually when that happens you always come out on the wrong side yeah, no of, doubt. The, of of the column of the win and loses column um yeah you can keep going i'm just running some I video think, for yeah i think um we um I think obviously his his experience is uh, is what um, helps me the most, just because he's been there before. He's been on every scenario. He's won championships. He's won tournaments. He's you know he's been on the finals, and uh, I think um, he he's able to you know kind of like take me to the next level you know as a, as an athlete you know as an up and coming you know future avp player whatever you want to call it um yeah. he got the experience to do that kind of stuff um yeah, yeah like you say it's like i think we have a great balance just because my ability to serve and his ability to block it's just off the chart um yeah. usually when it's working I like, um, man, I like yeah. me some Jeff, dude. Jeff, for any everybody listening at this in this episode, this 69th episode, watching Jeff play is one thing because he's quite the enigma. Like you said, given his height and what he can do, he does things that are six foot eight worthy. And he also makes, he changes the way some people coach. They look at like a kid coming up. Oh, you're not tall. You're not going to be, you're never going to be a blocker. You just be a backward defender. And then there's some people like Jeff that would be like, I'm, uh, if I want to be this, I'm going to be this. Right. And so, and yeah. if you look at people like Trevor Crabb, right, he's not especially tall, but he's, he's a full-time blocker too. So you have, you have mm-hmm. these guys that are just super athletes that no one even just thinks they just stop thinking about height and they just negate height so that's jeff as a player but and you'll share you'll you'll appreciate this jeff the game's over if you sit next to jeff have a conversation with this guy for everybody listening jeff is an even more amazing human being uh, than he is a player and i know that's hard to believe because he's an amazing player but he he is he is he is so straight up and down dude he's more straight up and down than six o'clock I mean, it don't, it don't get more straight up and down than that, you know? Right. I get that a lot from you, too. I got, when I looked at you and I started um, seeing the way you play and the way you behave, I said to myself, that boy's mama whooped him out of trouble. 
right. Yeah, I said he's, right a, he's a good kid. He was a good kid. He, you're still a good kid. You're 30 years old, and people can call, are still calling you a good kid, and you're a grown-ass man. Um, so, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so um, I like the partnership in that. So my question was, is it fun having a partner where you don't have to deal with your partner? Well, honestly, I put myself, I actually uh, give uh, credit that for me. I have this one thing um, for a very long time that if I don't like you as a person, I just won't play with you. Um, and I don't care whether you feel or not. I just think like good people normally tend to be good players. Um I think everybody that I played with is an amazing human being. Yep. And right, we talk about Bruno, right? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Bruno, uh, <sighs> Brian Tillman, Cameron, Kevin, um, you know, countless people wow. that yeah. I that I play with. I play with a lot of people. Um, you know, in two three years of me playing beach volleyball, and I love every single one of them. I think they all have, like, they're all unique in their own, um, and they're all, like, great people. Again, like, Cam was the one, Cameron Beans was the one who opened the idea of, like, okay, we can travel to these tournaments and be great. And he was only 17, and he was pretty pretty much guiding me yeah. through <clears throat> this whole process, you know, and I love him for that. Um, I mean, and I saw, you know, like every tournament I met new people and everybody, you know, it was just great to me. So next thing I knew, it's like, okay, I'm going to ask this person because I think he's a nice person. That was literally my, you know, my way to like getting my partners. I just think everybody I play with is great. And like you say, Jeff. Um, Jeff is a great guy. Like you say, you think he's good in the court? Wait till you meet him. You got to meet him personally. And he's a great human being. It's true. So. Yeah, well, Jeff in California, um, we lived across the street from each other. So he, when, he, when he was here in Hermosa Beach, um, I asked him if he wanted to coach a little bit, coach juniors. I, um, I have a juniors program, Duran Forbes. It's called Endless Summer. And at the time Jeff was coaching there, we led the country in um, recruitments per capita. So it was this beach volleyball club because now, you know, it's an NCAA sport, right? So now all of the club sizes have tripled. But we wanted to keep our group small. Because every, every, every other club uh, club went big. So you got like one coach for like 10 girls. Mm-hmm. Us, it was one coach oh for every God. three girls. For us, it's one coach That's for every good. three girls or four girls. So Duran, you know, my boss at the time was like, you know, she says, I need someone for Thursday. Do you know someone? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Jeff, um, this would be good for you. Come, come coach. So he started coaching with us. And I think I saw a change in his game a little bit. Because sometimes when, oh. when, when you're younger... Um, you start coaching kids and you're like, no, you know, you got to take that giant step on your peel or you got you got to face your platform, you know, on your left shoulder. Because a lot of right handed hitters, they, they do this and mm-hmm. look forward. But because they're right shoulder heavy, they, they, they pass and they still don't know it's whatever. But, and, right. but sometimes you serve their left. And Jeff, Jeff has this problem. And you probably heard me say this, too. Jeff does this. He faces this way. So now his platform is facing upwards. 
right? So, yep. some, so now the ball's going up and you got to run this way. And sometimes it's behind mm-hmm. him and sometimes it might even be an ace. But sometimes when Jeff is teaching a girl, like on your left shoulder, face, now shoulder's high, this one's low, yeah. right? Because this, this is high, naturally that's got to be low. And Jeff was like, okay, I got it. And in fact, I got that for me. <laughs> so um, were there, was, was there um, any like coaching in your life or any volleyball camps or clinics that you helped out that, that, um, that you helped out some of the kids or, or, or you just strictly playing? I did coach. No, I coached for a year. Um, when I was back in Miami, um, after I graduated from college, um, I coached for a, uh, team is called, uh, Miami hype. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it was just, uh, uh, I believe there were 11 to, no, maybe 13 to 15-year-old kids. Okay, yeah. Uh, boys. Tight. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And they were great kids. And, uh, yeah, they, they were great kids. And some of them, I've seen them now. They've gone to college and they've become mm. great athletes. Yeah, I know Miami so, Hype. Um, yeah. I, I coach an indoor, mm-hmm. I coach Evolution, indoor boys. So I meet a lot of a lot nice. of these teams from Florida. So yeah, yeah. yeah Miami High. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, my great great friend, uh, Emilio Rodriguez. Okay. Um, he's the owner of it, and uh, yeah, great people. Man, again, small world. Like we yeah. a lot. Of, we know a lot of the same people. So let's right. um. Uh, I mean, I, we, I could talk about Jeff all day, but I would, let's move on to, um, and we're definitely going to come back to beach volleyball, but before I yeah. forget, I wanted to talk about Mount Olive uh, uh, University. When did you start there? Did you start 2013? Uh, no, 2009. 2009. Yeah, uh, yeah I, okay. I went from 2009 and graduated in 2014. Oh, okay, cool. I was a five, five years there. I only played for three years, okay. unfortunately. That's all right. You got to do what you got to do. Get that degree. Right. <laughs> Come on. I mean, yeah. Sal- Mike Salak, we were talking about before. You know, he went to mm-hmm. Southampton, LIU, for five years. But it was an edu- education major that required, like, the fifth year or so. Um, mm-hmm. And you got, I think, 2013, you got all-tournament team or all-conference all team in yep. the, the Carolinas, man. That's pretty good, man. That that that's a. I think players like you made the Carolinas more respectable, you know. Because when I saw they made a conference, I was like, Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know nothing me. about no Carolinas, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I give I give credit to to uh, guys like Chat Mercado. Yep. Um, who he 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 was some incredible player. Um. Uh, what about Zon? Eric Zon. Eric Zon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, great, great players that uh, we had back then. Wow, dude. Yeah, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at them all right now. Yep. Brady Markle. Yeah. John, we- John Wheaton. Mm-hmm. Yep. Michael Schneck. Okay. Wow, you're a good team, man. You, um... You're a good outside hitter, man, because I know a lot, a lot of times when the setter sets you a go ball or like a lazy shoot, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a setter. All right. I started yeah. in Germany as an outside hitter, but that, that coach I was telling you, he's like, go set. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're six, I'm six one, but my wingspan is six eight. So, yeah. So, and nice. I'm also left-handed. So, so he told me to set. So, <laughs> but something that I noticed about indoor setters is sometimes when they trying to deceive the block, 
you know, they're trying to fool the block. They forget mm-hmm. that they still have to deliver a set. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that they they got to in the right spot. I was watching some of your highlights, and your setter was pushing back, and then boom, pumping out the go ball. Ball drops inside. You don't care. Boom. Drop, drop your shoulder cross court. You see a split scene, <laughs> plow through it with the tank. <laughs> and the yeah, thing that was, the, go ahead. Yeah, I was I was taught real early in my career actually that uh, um, you know, a lot of the time it's not like the set. You know, it's just like you find ways to side out first, and then mm-hmm. you speak to the setter. You know, but side out first. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like that because if you continue to hit balls that are out of system, then your setters, if the setter's any good, his confidence gets better and then the sets get more accurate, you know, as you're opposed right. to like mm-hmm. an outside hitting diva that's like, you know, he hits it into the net and you're like, oh, higher. Or yeah. you, or you or blast right. the ball out of bounds. I'm like, dude, that ball's too, you know, it's too low. So, so I really like that. And, and, and in our, our where you're, you're young, but you're old school. You're uh, in a sense yeah. that once it leaves the setter's hands, it's the hitter's responsibility. It is in my control. Yeah. It is the hitter's it's responsibility. All in my control. Yeah. The only yeah, I don't. Go ahead. Uh, all my all my setters have always been great. I had great setters. Um, uh, you know, if I've ever complained like about the sets, that means he um, sucks. Which, <laughs> no, I mean it, it really. He was probably something something else that was bothering me you mm-hmm. know it was uh, the only complaints i had is like give me more balls mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's, it would be the only thing that uh I, i've always um i've always like fight with my coaches or my uh setters about like oh no i want more yeah you know like yeah i need it more i need it more of course I'm, yeah I'll, I'll, yeah but you know what was the, what hitter doesn't want more what was the most amount of kills you got in the match um man i might have had like a few like 25 to like 27 kills maybe that's a lot too yeah 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 it's um, also it's also a rally too so i, I mean I, I, I know you you can only get but so many you know right yeah and yeah and a lot of you know i think my first and second year well my first year you know playing for mount olive i was pretty good at it the second year the coach did a really bad job at trying to distribute the sets he he was more into like oh not every ball gotta go to angel no like (laughs) we want to all the hitters go but um, the problem I always had with that is that, you know, it's not trying to say that the other hitters were worse. It was just that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the one that, you know, if you set a person, that person messes up, sets another person and messes up and then set me lastly, you know, just cause, you know, we want to have a backup, you know, like mm. it puts a lot of pressure on the hitter rather exactly. than, you know, like you start hot, you know, as a, as a player, you set your best option of the day. You know, I, I, I think, you know, it's, if you know you're going to get a kill from that guy, wouldn't you set him a hundred times? You know, like it's kind of the way I thought. And that's kind of like the way I, was, I grew up playing too. Um, I had a friend of mine, um, you might have heard of him. Um, his name is Leva. 
Leonardo Leiva. He he mm-hmm. playing Korea, and uh, he pretty much had like sixty kills in one match. You know, just fitting the ball. If he's making the points, why not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I thought that that could have been the case. Um, my second year. Oh, not my second year, my other two years in Mount Olive. Um, but it didn't happen. And I still, I I think we still did great as a team. Yeah, man. I have a friend from New York, uh, Patrick Dietz. He's a coach out there for a team called Cali. He was also the head coach for Mount St. Vincent. And we were, I was building this tiny program called City Tech in Brooklyn. And we only had six people. In fact, one guy registered 10 minutes before the first match. He registered for class. That's how bad it was. And and I only had two guys, a Haitian player, Patrick Dietz. He's from, um, I think, Port-au-Prince. And Eugene Escoboza from Mocha and everybody else. I, my Apple played on the soccer team. So we were, we were literally trying to build an NCAA program out of nothing, not even wow. a club. And we went to game five. And um, Patrick, who was our go-to guy, was nine for nine. Nine kills, nine attempts, all nine Nine attempts, kills. kills. And we lost because my setter, everybody else he set was 0 for 5, four hours. So he decided he wanted to mix it up, go middle. The middle hit it into the net. And then, he, then, then you know, he, he set opposite. The opposite hit the ball wide. And we lost by, by two points, I think 15-13, where I was like, I, you, when it's you look at the really numbers, obvious. no, but yeah. when you look at the numbers, you're like, the dude's nine for nine. How does the guy nine for nine and one and a, and a set to 15 and lose? And I'm like... Damn, maybe he should have been 13 for 13. You know, he yeah. had to be 15 for 15 or something. Take <laughs> right. the chances, even yeah. if he don't get it. Ride him to the end. Take the chances. Yes, yeah. especially game five, right? There's no game six. Just don't worry about him getting tired. It's game five. He could, he, he could, That's he it. could, he could rest after the after this. So, so mm-hmm. my setter, you know, comes up to me and he's like. I'll set Patrick next time. You know, two days later, we were in a similar situation. And Patrick also got nine for nine, but because the other team missed some balls or whatever, but we mm-hmm. rode him and we won by two. So so that was like a setter's learning experience. The difference between yeah. the difference between utilizing a mismatch. Sometimes a setter in his peripherals, he'll see like the middle, the middle leaf or the oppo, and then he'll set like a like a push mm-hmm. one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. But and that's a smart set, but sometimes you gotta just go with you got to go with who's hot. You got to go with who's right. hot. So I get that. I get. I totally get what you're saying, though. But mm-hmm. hey, dude, not bad. Do you know what the record um, for NCAA uh, Division One is for kills? Um, it's 58. Uh, Dave McKenzie, Ooh. Dave McKenzie, yeah. who played on the U.S. national mm-hmm. team, played um, BYU. I think he's playing for Long Beach State, and BYU is heavily favored to win the whole thing that year. And, and he had 56, 58 kills. But back then, it wasn't rally. Back then, it was yeah, just side was, out. You had to be the servant team to score. Right. Now, now the record for NCAA period is sixty-one. Um, nice. I played at Hunter College. Um, there was a, a Haitian player named Greg Romulus. His whole family plays. Rudy, uh, two brothers, three sisters. They can make a, a indoor sixes team uh, for men. <laughs> and I was out. This is weird. I'm in, I'm on an NCAA team. My mom's like, "No, you're going to church today." 
I'm like, mom, I got a game. <laughs> you know, yeah. you go, you, you, you live in my house, boy. You go, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. you want to go to the game, live in your own house, right? So you, come on, we pay, talk, we, pay your own bills. we speak in the same language. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I know. Um, so I'm out. I know. Justin Stack, who you might know, because I think he coached um, Coastal Carolina, the beach team, their first beach team at the same time, mm-hmm. the same time you're graduating. Um, and his wife coached at Coker College, um, Allison Stack. Um, he was injured. He was he was a starter injured. My Asian player, uh, who lived in Chinatown, got drunk. They they I mean didn't even didn't even show up. So Greg, who's oh our star God. hitter, he's our he's our best player, and he and he got set ninety eight times. He was sixty one for ninety eight, five errors, so, and just on fire. In a match we lost. Yeah. In a match we lost. It made Sports Illustrated. It made it, it, uh, we made Sports Illustrated because he he got he got all those kills. He he did a Wilt Chamberlain except Wilt Chamberlain won. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he he takes a special athlete to do something like that because yeah. you know anybody else will be just tired. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We, well, you know, that, you know how there's some hitters that have that cruise control where they there's some hitters oh, yeah. where it looks like they're doing 100 percent all the time and i'm like okay he ain't doing that 50 times uh, in, in mm-hmm. a game and then mm-hmm. there's some guys that looks like they're operating at 80 percent, maybe 85 percent, and they could just go all day and that's this guy greg romulus yeah. man. you know i, I think I, you had a little bit of that too i uh I, i'll i'll actually i'll tell you what google this guy leonardo leva um how you spell it uh it's L-E-O-N-A-R-D-O, and the last name is L-E-Y-V, as in Victor, A. Okay. Uh, Leandro Leva. Okay, go ahead. You, you got a story to tell? Uh, no, I, I, I just want you to Google him. He had two games where he scored... And this in the professional, like the Korean league, right? Um, he 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 scores seventy one points. Jesus, <laughs> on a yeah. four set matches. Man. Yeah, he's uh, he has the record for most points in a game. Yeah, well, points you mean kills, and blocks, and aces, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. All everything, everything. Wow, I mean, dude. kills. I'm I'm, I mean, the guys. He, was, he a, was one of my teammates growing up, but this guy's insane. Wait a insane. second. I know this guy. He's on the wait, whoa, 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 whoa. He's on the US national team for a while for Cuba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, uh he was there for for a split of a second, yeah. Okay. Um yeah, he 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 was there when Leon was there, so obviously Yeah, Leon was um, the middle, right? Yeah. No, Leon was the outside. Leon is now the best player in the world for indoor. Yeah. Okay, cool. Great guy, yeah. Um volleyball player. Yes. Yeah, seven seventy seventy one kills. That's in multiple ridiculous. matches. It's not just one, but like Yeah. I well, mean it's insane. But some you know, when you like I say, if if you if you can get seventy one kills, first of all, um, you know, it takes a special athlete to do something like that. That's, yep. Listen, that's he, this dude, I mean, and to do it in this time period Disney Plus, where it's rally, ESPN right? Plus. To do it in this now, time period together. where it's rally. Oh, the very, I, wanna, I think I got highlights of this, of this guy. Right. This is him right there. That is him. 
To score 71 points in this day and age where it's rally and the points don't come easy, look at that OT. That's in the Korean movie right there. Yo, look hey. at that. Dude. That's above the antenna, my dude. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, dude. So listen, um, what was the first AVP tournament you played in? Actually, that one um, Nueva York? that you filmed in New York. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. For very first night. And you played with Brett. Ever. With Brett Grainer. With Brett yeah. Grainer. Brett, another cool dude. Talk, man, yeah. you had a team. You had a bunch of nice guys for partners. No one do like you think, say, man, no one do you think everyone's like a nice guy, man. Dude, I played with yeah. some absolute D-holes, man. Yeah. That's, that's the criteria. <laughs> you, if you want to make it, you just got to be nice. Man, there's some people. <laughs> You're lucky. So that was 16-14 game three. I remember yeah. that. And I followed that for two point. reasons, because Mike and I kind of came up together. The one year I played at Hunter, Mike played at LIU Southampton. Um, mm -hmm. Mike was also voted best high school player in New York at the time in his senior year he went to midwood high school so he had wow. a lot of roots in new york so if you saw the court like the qualifiers are usually empty in new york but if you saw the court man my court i don't know there were more it people was, in my court than, than the main draw were in the in the main yeah that's yeah. right <laughs> dude he has got roots in new york he's got love in new york He's got mad I love in New York. And Greg Hunter, Greg Hunter, that guy he was playing with, the guy with mm -hmm. the tight shorts, the, da the yeah. dad bod. He got the dad bod, the hairy chest, and mm -hmm. the tight shorts where the butt's all tight, smacking everybody, so grabbing people's behind. I'm like, what is, man, what the hell's wrong with you grabbing me by my behind? <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, that was a pretty good match. And the weird thing is I thought you were going to win because you did have him blocked on match point, and I think he covered himself with like right. a hand that looked like it could have been a carry or whatever mm -hmm. this and that. And they survived that point and eventually won 16-14. I, 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 I also so remember missed, that. Mm -hmm. I also missed a serve <laughs> no. with us being up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I rushed it. I mean, like I said, it was my very first AVP tournament. We didn't have a really good drive there, no. obviously. Um, no, We, we didn't prepare very well. It was like, you know, I would have made the same mistake. Yeah. Um, well, that was a tough bracket, round. dude. That was a tough bracket. I mean, Mike. After that game, they had to he had to play Bennett and um someone else. I forget the guy's name. And then for the last round, had to play Paula Reza and um, Alejandro yeah. Parra, who 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 was the one mm -hmm. seed. You know, like a lot of these guys that come to New York as the one or the two seed they expect to qualify because they know that they have a leg up on some of the competition. So a lot of people are willing to travel there, you know? But for mm -hmm. me, I tell all of my friends in California, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to New York. I'm going to go to Houston. I'm like, go to New York, dude. Go to New York. It's a gold series. Um, it's very diverse, you know? And Man, if, it's and so if you, fun. Yeah, and if you, and if you lose, you, it's a great place to spend your weekend. <laughs> what That's you right. You know, That's so. Right. What, I mean, what did we do after, after the qualifier? We went to Central Park <laughs> and we mm. played in Central Park <laughs> so right um so Hillman you made you you were in the draw in Manhattan Beach this is 2019 with Hillman right yeah was, Tillman with Brian Tillman yeah oh Tillman sorry Brian Tillman yeah you um did you win a regional tournament to get that spot or did you do it through the qualifier 
Yeah, so we uh, there was uh, an AVP Next Gold Series here in Virginia Beach that we won. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, so prior to getting to Manhattan. And, uh, yeah, Tillman and I played, uh, and we won the finals versus uh, Logan Weber and Chris Lewis. Oh, Chris Lewis, okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, to make it to make it to Manhattan. Lures yeah. is a tough dude to, to freaking play defense against, man. He is oh, a tough Lures oh. that that one set, that little one and a half set, that little tempo thing. I, I was, tell you why, I wouldn't know because I served him maybe only once. Good. Good. He ain't yeah. never, he ain't never gonna he, know. Good. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't he wasn't gonna get my business. Nah, well Lures I coached um Earl Schultz and Jake. Jake Mm -hmm. Arudia and Hermosa Beach. And we wound up in the qualifier against some second round. And just quick set, delayed quick, boom, boom, boom. And um, and me, I've been doing this for a long time. I can play a team. I could see a team play for 10 minutes and be like, okay, this is how you beat them. I could play a team. at the, the, The longest it would ever take me is a whole set. You know, and and if I have videotape on you, you, you that's a wrap. You gone from the beginning. But, but but with that being said, this guy, I'm just like, all right, what am I missing? So Bobby Jacobs comes up. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if he was playing. He's playing with Ty Trambley. He's, he's playing with Ty Trambley in the qualifier. Um, Bobby Jacobs is like, dude, just tell Earl a block cross. He says, just do a two block and a four block. He says, because for lures to to cut over, the cut over has to be really high. And if Jake Jake can't run that down, he sucks. Y'all not going to win anyway. And if he hits line, like power line, lures is not going to hit straight down in front of the defense. He's going to hit deep. And it's hard, but he's he's not going to hit it in front of you. So so Mm -hmm. we just made that one simple adjustment, especially on the ocean side. Ocean side where the the wind's pushing it towards the strand. Um, Just block that inside set force him to cut back and if he cuts back power you got it and if he tries to cut mm-hmm. over you know shoot over or whatever it's got to earl's got such a good block such a high yeah. block it's got to go it's got to go block. up and down that's this is a guy you should play with i'm, I'm listen <laughs> no jeff's your best partner right now because the skill set and the compliments the, the styles complement each other but if you're trying to play as with as many people as you can man go go play a couple with earl, earl. He, he's uh, another nice guy you can have yeah, on the year list. yeah I, so, I played against him once maybe and uh i i, I had the chance to like hang out with him a few times as well yeah. Yeah, very did, nice guy. Who did you play with against in the draw at Manhattan Beach? Um, trying to, I wish I could remember. I'm a. What am we I doing? lost to. Um, we lost to Tim. Um, not Tim. Uh, what's his name? Casey Patterson and. Oh, Bottinger. And Bottinger. Yeah. And then to Marek, Dylan Marek, and uh, I think he was playing with. Uh, that's a good question yeah because he wasn't yeah. playing with palm 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 played no with somebody no palm else. not that palm no palm ended um, up playing with someone because and i'll tell you a story off camera yeah he's a dude's a tyler and Lenesky. yeah yes yeah but mm-hmm. i mean palm was supposed to play with somebody else and that's i'll tell you later about about all that because yeah. dave sent okay, me yeah, dave yeah, sent yeah, me a text he was really know. really upset and yeah just do you talking know about, from fact do you know uh, Dave Palm and I were, were were teammates on high performance. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny. We, we did got in a lot of trouble together. Yeah, 
No, yeah. man. I love Dave and Paul, we, man. We play against each other all for two years of high school. That's so cool, Always, man. I've always won. Yeah. Nah. Listen, that's another guy you got to eventually play with, too, man. You know, Jeff Jeff played with him, too. I was with um, I was with um, for Huntington Beach. You know, I was um yeah. sitting in I was sitting in the under the umbrella for those two and just watching um watching those two work just doing stats. I didn't I didn't really coach because I just thought the two of them. I, I mean, I never coached Dave Palm before. I only I only worked with Jeff, so it was one of them mm-hmm. things. I just did numbers. I did I did a pull chart and then just let them do their thing. But and they lost to American Clemens. They that, lost to American Clemens. I thought honestly, I thought they missed the easiest layup in the history of of qualifier volleyball. But yeah. Brandon Clemens, when that dude catches fire like that, sometimes you know there's always so many ways you can hit cross court and that dude was just killing it you know Dylan Merrick when mm-hmm. he's on too he's on so um yeah. so you won captain bills with Jeff yeah you had a really good cruise control in that match now I'm, I'm not talking about you individually but you you guys as a team you guys yeah. were very very calm you were very relaxed um as far as your, your gas tank mm-hmm. um what what's what's up with that? How did you guys? Was it just good conditioning, or or did you did you finish your matches fat well, uh, quickly? It, well, it was it was our second time playing together, uh, so we we figure the one thing that Jeff has and that I love, and you know, it's honestly one of the things that I really haven't gotten from any other player, um, is the experience. Um, the volleyball experience that he has, uh, he he knows, um, he pulls himself himself in scenarios that a lot of people wouldn't know what to do, and he somehow has a way to figure thing, these things out. So um, when we first played together, we, we had obviously with me being you know a bump setter. Um, and also, like, you know, it's one of the skills that I don't, you know, I, I'm not great at. It's setting, you know, but he's really patient on, like, telling me things that I can do to improve the set. Um, So part of it, it was that communication aspect that he was having with me. You know, like, uh, the simple fact that, you know, like, sometimes when you send me it's a bad pass and you send me and you know squaring to the antenna it kind of like throws me off a little yeah you know and i don't really i don't take that as a criticism no i actually take it yeah i take it as a as a learning point and so the next time i fix it he goes gets a kill you know it's uh it's the little things that a lot of people don't do because they think they're gonna hurt the partnership Mm. and it, it really doesn't. It's just communication. And it's the, the, the point of communication is to improve something, right? So yeah. um, to me, I take it that way. Like, I, I'm I'm super coachable. And, uh, you know, all you got to do rather than just stay quiet and, you know, be mad or whatnot, just, you know, tell me something that I can improve. What can I do so that you get the set that you want? And again, it was our second time playing together after all the information that he has given me, um, that he wanted from me. Here we go. We just run through the tournament. And I think every match we played, it was like, you know, it, it felt comfortable. 
Yeah. And then he caught fire blocking, dude. And yeah, in uh, the finals, he was just thing. he just, just he got like yeah he got like ten blocks and like two sets in the finals. Yeah. I think you guys, I thought yeah. it was a good revenge match. It was Christian Hohner and um, uh, um, Weber, and right? Logan Weber, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So um, uh, I'm gonna get to them in a minute. But a very, very interesting point that you brought up about people squaring their shoulders to the antenna. Uh, for us, for juniors, we do the pole, square shoulders to the pole because it gives some of the girls more room, you know, in this and that mm-hmm. where the guys, you know, certain against certain teams that you do want to set a little closer because there's no one. The penetration's not there where they're going to mess with your swing anyway. So I really like the way Jeff did that because Jeff was Jeff was teaching that. So, you know, within yeah. the summer. So that was really, really cool. Um God, where was I? I just I was just trying to get back to that. That was Captain Bills. You beat Kevin Knight, and um and a very good Bigford. Um, yeah, man, that kid's gonna be good, huh? I mean, we well, I'm name dropping because I want all of these kids. I mean, we need we need to put all of these you them all of yeah. these this uh, next no, generation of players, no. man. We need to put all of them up. That's why I just keep constantly name dropping these people. Mm-hmm. So you won Atlantic City with Bruno. Yes. Um, what is the comparison of winning with Bruno as with Jeff? Through my estimation, that tournament seemed a little longer, and you guys seemed a little bit more tired at the end. So it was. Am I am I right in my comparison on that? On which one? Like when you, uh, Atlantic you went, um, City. Yeah. When you and Bruno won Atlantic uh, City, um, was there was that more of a gas tank stabber than than Captain Bills was? Oh, yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, first of all, Atlantic City was a two day in terrible conditions. It, it rained the whole day, the first day, <laughs> literally the whole day, all, all Saturday raining. Um, and then the second day, it was real humid. No. Um, oh, man. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so um, that sucks. I mean, we we didn't cruise. I think actually, what uh, gave us the win is like the, I'll say it's the hard work that we put pre- uh, prior to that. I think that was like what made Bruno and I so dangerous. Is that I mean the background that he comes from? I don't know if you follow him on social media, but that guy outworks anybody i know yeah anybody i, I know yeah he's the guy that works the hardest out of anybody any volleyball player i know i and see the way he trains too it's not it's not just because um how much he practices or how much he lives it's that based on the conditions that he got he i mean basically he lives in an isolated place like there is not a lot of players near him and somehow he finds way to still get better. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, to him, it's always a grind. You know, I'm in the gym two, three, two, three times a day. I go and drive throughout two hours to get a good practice, you know. And, um, yeah, so when I played with him in Atlantic City, that was our second time playing together. And our first time playing together, it was such a fun tournament. It was such a fun tournament. There were like maybe like 30, 40 teams as well in Ohio. And uh, mm-hmm. Evan Corey and uh, Steve Roshik won it all. Okay. 
Oh, they play but, together? <laughs> yeah, they play together. <laughs> Let me tell you, hell yeah. of a team. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, after that, I saw, I, I, I thought, I was like, man, this guy, he, he is such a fun guy to play with just because he, he has the fire, first of all. And then second, that you know that he's not out there just not working. No, this guy's working his ass off. And so whenever you put him in the court, I mean, if you put two people that work hard in the court, I think, you know, they can beat anybody. I agree. Anybody. Yeah, and, uh, his, his yeah. conditioning, man. And you're right about Which his is, conditioning. The videos don't say enough, man. He, he works so hard. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. You were, yeah. you were finishing a thought. Uh, no, I said, yeah, I said, it's like, we, we, um, we played the first day. We pretty much run through pool play. Um, then the second game, the second day, we had a really tough match against, um, um, to, to a Texas guy that, you know, you know, I'm sorry for forgetting the name. I'm not great. Was it names. Peter? It was, it wasn't Peter Canoli. Right? Peter Canoli. Yeah. yeah Peter, okay. Peter Canoli. And, uh. It went to three with the other team cramping, and it was a it was a mentally tough match. But yeah. you know, we put things together, and again, you know, the harder you know, the team that worked the harder won. You know, and saw every other game. I think um, it's amazing, though. Which is outwork people. Yeah, well, that's Bruno, man. He's the most prepared physically physically and mentally prepared player that's going to come out there. He's always trying to be the best version of himself. I remember yeah. watching him in Oz qualify for uh, Hermosa Beach, and I'm like, dude, you were talking about the yin and the yang. <laughs> yeah. You got Bruno who exercises, who trains, got good nutrition, he's running, he's lifting weights. Then you got Oz. Oz is like, yo, just give me a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just Oz just gets boat. on the court and plays. You know, this dude's stretching out. These, this, this guy's running in a sandal warm-up, sprints in the sand. Oz is just mm -hmm. sitting in the beach chair. When it's time to play, he just gets up. Yeah, just go. Just but go. I think the reason why Oz gets away with it is because his skill set is so tight, dude. His hands, yeah, his hands are immaculate. His his serve receive, like his platform is old school. Mm -hmm. Like there are a lot of people who mentally struggle with serve receive and just passing and this and that. These are things that Oz don't even think about. He just does. There are people like, oh, no, I yeah. want to improve my hands, my hands. No, Oz has hands. You know, there are people like, oh, I hope I don't miss my jump serve. No, he's got, he does a lot of things that people try to do. This dude does this without thinking. And he gets so far just on talent <laughs> yeah because i'm telling well, you I mean, look angel he ain't working out okay he's no, not he, i know <laughs> Go ahead. I, I i mean when i first met us he, he was obviously playing a lot more than i guess he plays in california he played in california i i met him in 2007 2008 and we yeah. would play like indoor open gyms, like literally every week you know we'll, we'll come to like weekend tournaments and I will always see off, you know, in the tournaments. Uh, he was playing a lot more. Um, yeah. But it's just the fact that, you know, at his size, because he's not a small guy, at his size and right. the ball control that he has, it's just incredible. Yeah, he's, wow. It's incredible. He, um, do you guys, did you play the the dirt games with him, fours, sometimes? Because there was a time period no. he's out there. Okay. You know what I'm talking no, about, no. though, right? It was, 
Wow, it's those games yeah. are legendary, dude. I, I, I was watching, I, and I'm. It's so cool that someone actually put them on tape because, me growing up, Central Park Sundays, mm-hmm. Sundays the the there was a court just for fours, and yeah. all, and it was, again the guys from Brighton Beach, the the Russians, the the Chinese guys, the Dominicans, and it was not for everybody. <laughs> it was, and Central right. Park. You want to talk about crowds? There are people that are walking by because they see a crowd they're like oh what's going on you know someone hit someone falls someone have an accident or is there a fight going on and then they get a closer look and it's like nah it's just a bunch of guys playing really good volleyball so now the interest the crowd gets bigger and bigger and the the entire court the concrete jungle uh because there wasn't there wasn't a beach court back then it was just uh, it was just a hard court so the entire court is surrounded by people you can't even see you can't even see concrete anymore just people and you can see the court and and I like watching the fours games like that, like what we were talking about, and um, mm-hmm. and I know Thailand or Cambodia, they're they're putting a lot of their games up, and I'm like, yeah. dude, guys, just put as much as you can up on video because these are the games, these are like I don't know if you call them the underground games, but these are the games that people, like real ballers, people that love to watch a lot of volleyball, love, you know, big up to these guys too. I, I love yeah. four to four. Yeah. Oh man, that was. It's court freedom. Me as a setter yeah. that can hit, I'm lefty, I can hit on two. I'm a, we always run in plays, you know. I, I notice a lot of the beach games, they don't run a lot of plays for beach fours, but like hard top fours or grass fours or like mm-hmm. um, 145th, and you know, again in Harlem, or like quasi-Washington Heights um, fours. Speaking of fours, since we're on the subject, do you actually have four people in your area that can that can play in this fours things the McKibbins are doing? Uh Cause I'm, I was well, I was gonna, I was gonna send him a text today, cause I thought about you. I thought about like um, I don't know about Kevin Knight or whatever, but but I don't know. Do you have four people that could play him? Yeah, uh, I mean it would have been tough, but I definitely think I have four people. I mean Jeff is considered in my area. Yeah, uh, well, I'll <laughs> take true. Jeff because yeah. he lives three hours away from me now. Um, uh. I think we could probably find four, four yeah. for sure. Because because yeah. they could definitely do a regional thing. They got the Hawaiians, right? You got the McKibbins mm-hmm. and the Crabs playing together. Who I think is we got to get Adam yeah. Roberts involved. Yes, I think Adam Roberts can set. Can, can set. set. That's it. And now look, now we see. Now we thinking. Now our look, now, look, now our wheels we are turning. We got to get people involved. Yes, big big up to Adam Roberts, man. Big and big yeah. up to you, man. Um, just making this podcast happen. Um, I expect to see a lot of good things out of you uh, the end of this year and especially next year. You, from last year and the year before that and this year, have become a better version of yourself. Everything that you've done, you, you do well. You're doing a little bit better. Um, at some point, you know, hands hands are going to come. You're going to be more comfortable with that. And and oh, as we know, as volleyball players, the only way to get better at it is to, to do it, Right. When I was That's in the right. army, I was in boot camp. My drill sergeant's like, he says, "Son, what's the best way to get better at push-ups?" I'm, I'm like, to do push-ups. He says, "Out, goddamn, standing. <laughs> They're That's gonna make right. you general someday." <laughs> Man, <laughs> and I the same, am, and that's know, the same to, thing with hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, you know, just like you mentioned, it's uh, you know, I, I I pride myself myself on you know the work that I put day in and day out. You know, I mean, 
Um, normally, I don't have a lot of time to do this, you know. I mean, I have a full-time job, and I got a wife to take care of. They're super needy. Um, and so, but I always find times to, you know, put my work, you know, either going to the gym, going to practice, and, yeah. you know, doing Bl- the like things that schedule. I got to do. That's right. And, uh, you know, it's not that my hands... The reason why I want to use my hands now, I mean, it's just because um, I just wanna, I just wanna challenge myself. Um, my my sophomore year in college, I broke my hand, and obviously, uh, I can't, I can bend my hand like that. My right hand can go only like certain way, like okay. And so, like, uh, you know, for the longest time, I went to Puerto Rico and re-broke it again. I had surgery on it, and it's just never been the same. And I keep putting myself that excuse. The reason why I'm not using my hands Mm -hmm. is because of that. So, you know, this year I'm saying, you know what? It's not an excuse no more. I'm mm-hmm. gonna do it, and I'm gonna do it until until I get it right. Yeah. So well, block um, schedule for practice, right? There's one whole practice you you just use forearms, don't use your hands, and then mm-hmm. one whole practice just use nothing but hands. And if you double, you double that's it. Right. So um, that's it. Yeah, because listen, there's I'm not saying there's anything wrong with bump setting. All right, John Hyden, Mm-mm. multiple time yeah. AVP champion, uh, made the finals with Theo Brunner. Uh, I think Hawaii they. Had to do it from the qualifier for Christ's sakes. Um, um, do you, do, that, that guy never uses his hands, you know. So um, Ricardo Santos, yeah, and I mean, he's one of the Olympian. best setters out there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's an Olympian, and you know, Emmanuel, his partner, three I mean, medals. There is no, yeah, there's you know, it's it's not it's not really about whether he hand sets or not. It's just location. And to me, I don't really care. Like I say, it's not about, you know, me. I'm just yeah. giving myself the uh, challenge there you go. of using them. You know, just because before before I had um, I had my surgery, I would handset um, it's true. everything. Um, so, you know, I'm putting excuses out there saying that the reason why I can't hand say is because I broke my hands and I don't think that's fair for me. Um, yeah, you, I think you're that, fresh uh, out. <laughs> fresh yeah. out of excuses, son. <laughs> that's it. That's it. No more excuses. Yeah. No more uh, Bruno excuses, too, right? Ali son's partner. Like Alisson's yeah, partner, Bruno, the, yeah. only recently, mm-hmm. only the last two years, uh, was using yeah. his hands. I never seen him use. I mean, I seen him use them occasionally, but the past. I mean, mm-hmm. the like Alisson had to literally like hold his platform so the ball had right. had to have that. You know how I'm talking. You know what we're talking about that outside mm-hmm. hitters thing where you hold your yeah. platform where the ball waits for the setter to get there. <laughs> setter, <Right>. use, <laughs> setter looks this way, looks back at the ball, does that. So you know, and that's, that's something right. else we're big as a coach. I'm big on teaching, like just holding your platform. Um, and every time you running the good players they they kind of remind you Shh, all right i when i'm coaching i gotta remind my kids so like once every three years i, I run into a coach mm-hmm. you know or i work with a coach like betsy flint um yeah i was with them lmu i was with LM, their women's beach team with john mayer mm-hmm. and aaron mansfield who's one of the best indoor coaches i ever met in my life but betsy flint's like hey hold hold and i'm like she's I remember. All right, it's coming back to me. Yeah. So that's it. So my indoor yeah. boys right now, man. I mean, There's- yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. hey, I mean, 
Dude, Angel, <laughs> at some point you you got to eat, man. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm gonna right. um, right. I'm gonna let you get out of here, but but um, wow, dude, we got to do this again at some point. I yeah, want I want you, too. I want you to continue to play, and I want you to come back on this podcast, maybe with Jeff or whatever, and we can we can have a little yeah. fun. And we'll, when this we'll COVID thing, work. and when this COVID thing dies down, you come to California. Um, I'm gonna be back to doing in studio. Cause COVID, nice. I'm I'm not I'm, you, I'm not doing in studio, and the person that yeah, texts my I show, the, she's the the video switcher, she's the 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 tech person, she's not here. So I've been I've been teching all all of my own shows, you, you know. Yeah. Hey man, you're doing great. Though. Thank you. Well, that's a, that's volleyball players, right? We have to we yeah. listen. We make so little money that we have to become we have to become other uh, uh, other professions where people go that's, to school for, right? Look, your car breaks it, down. Man. I just became a mechanic. Hey, <laughs> right? That's right. I Google yeah. that thing. I Google it. Yes. I did it myself. Yes. Listen, I'm not. I'm not a, a sound engineer. Guess what? I just became one the last few yeah, months. That's, that's it. I'm not Dude, a journalist. Guess what? The last couple survived, of years, I became a journalist. But that's volleyball players, right? We become, mm -hmm. right? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> You're an Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> listen, is I there a... I, Go ahead. I say I graduated from the YouTube uh, <laughs> university. That's... Damn, we wasted all that... <laughs> Anything I do. We wasted all that freaking money in college, man. Oh, that's all we had to do I was know, just go on right? YouTube. Just go to YouTube. That's I want it. my money back. <laughs> that I know. I wish I can get it back. Well, I tell you that. Tell you what, uh, monetize your videos, man. That'll help you pay yeah, for your college. Before that. listen, before we go, is there a particular site or 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 anything you want to plug in, a place where people can find you, get to know more about you, about Angel Dache? No, man. I mean, I have my social media. Um, okay. It's, uh, Facebook is what's, what's your Instagram? Dache. Huh? What's your Instagram handle? It's uh, Angel Dache okay. 9. Oh, well, one my, word? Uh, yep, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, You know, just go there and follow me. Um, I, I don't have a uh, volleyball account, you know, so a lot of the stuff that I post there is a lot about my dog, my wife, and, you know, just life. Nice. Because, uh, you know, after volleyball, that's all I'm going to have left. You got your dog? Yeah. You got your man's, you said a dog? You got a man's best friend? Yep, yeah. Cool, Luna, man. she's inside sleeping probably. What kind of dog? She's a uh, people mix. Nice. See? Yeah, she's super sweet. Yeah, me, I, super, I messed around and had sweet. a kid first. I should have had a dog first, but you know what? That's I, right. I don't know if you've seen pictures of my kid. I got a man, little... I, I tell you what, uh, you know, I, I think dogs are way better than kids. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no offense, Especially Jay. Growing up. <laughs> no, I got no arguments about that. But, no, you no, know, no. I, I do love my dog. She's, she's pretty cool. I like that. All right. Yeah. So cool, man. So everyone knows where to find you. Mm -hmm. All right. For everybody at home. Angel might love you, but I had enough of you. In fact, I can't stand you. In fact, I am out of here, all right? For all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad at Starbucks on the lunch line listening to this, for all of you on your iPhone, for all of you on your droid, for everyone on their desktop who runs the world, old school, old school. For Angel Dace, this is episode 69 of the Option Podcast. I'm Jason DeBeas. We love you to pieces and we're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.